It's time for Lawyers for Jesus, a show about the dynamic and exciting interaction of faith and the law. Featuring the attorneys from the law firm Malkin Baker in downtown Chicago. Malkin Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and for serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Hello, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Terry Liu, an attorney at the law firm of Malkin Baker in Chicago. We are Christian attorneys who focus on serving the body of Christ with its legal needs. To learn more about us, go to mockbaker.com. That's M A U C K B A K E R.com. Or give us a call at 312 726 1243. We can recognize injustice in our world today, but what can we do about it? Today I'll be speaking with Adam Gustine, the author of Becoming a Just Church Cultivating Communities of God's Shalom, a book in which he urges local churches to embrace justice so fully that the body of Christ becomes a prophetic alternative to the broken systems of the world as God intended. Adam is also the founder of Jubilee Ventures, an organization dedicated to restoring and extending opportunity to underestimated entrepreneurs in his community. Adam, welcome to Lawyers for Jesus. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. So right off the bat, Adam, um, you have what I consider a very intriguing book title here. Um, but I'd like to break it down a little bit for our listeners. Uh, so this concept sure. of shalom, for those who might not be familiar, uh, how would you sort of describe that? Well, shalom in the in the scriptures is is often translated peace, but in some ways that falls just a bit short of what that word would have meant. Uh, to mm. the people of God um, in those scriptures. And so there's a lot of different ways to get at it. Um, a lot of people would use a word like wholeness um, to describe what shalom is. And, uh, you know, one of my uh, sort of spiritual heroes, uh, John Perkins, would, would used to say that, uh, that shalom is where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. And mm. I think that's a good way of getting at this idea of what wholeness really is from God's perspective um, a world or a, a community where where everything is as it should be, um, and so how we how we describe that or how we define that might might vary, um, but that's really the the work we have to do. But that's that's kind of what I think about when I think about shalom. I see, and and so you would distinguish, uh, for example, God's shalom from from perhaps you know what people would consider peace. You know the sort of people not antagonizing one another or people kind of being able to exist in um, their sort of chosen silo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We may shorthand think of peace as the absence of violence. Um, But if you think about, if you think about peace as wholeness, everything as it should be, then it kind of brings that sense of when you say that a person is at peace with themselves um, sort of internally, everything is as it should be. A community is at peace when everything is, right and fitting together. Uh, there's not brokenness in that. So, yeah, I think it, I think it distinguishes in the sense that it's a much larger, fuller perspective. Okay. And um, then to extend that, when we talk about cultivating a community of God's shalom, uh, what sort of is entailed in that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the things that's important to to think about is is the purpose of the church. What is the purpose of the church? And there's lots of ways to answer that. And one of the things that I try to do in the book is say that the purpose of the church is to be um, local communities who put God's intentions on display. 
So if we were to say, what is it that God intends? What does God's shalom look like? We ought to be able to look at communities of faith and get at least the beginnings of an answer to that question. And so when I think about what it means to be the church, I think, well, it's, it's our job to cultivate in our life together and in our life in the world what God intends uh, for us as, as a community, for us as individuals, and, and to extend that out um, into our neighborhoods or, or our towns and communities and that sort of thing. So to me, this notion of cultivating a community of God's shalom is that's what it means to be the church. To be that kind of people, I see. Um, and so, uh, you know, extending this even a little bit further, um, you know, what, what sort of brokenness uh, in the world? I know this is there's going to be a lot of ways to answer this question, but what sort of brokenness in the world sure. do you feel like the church is is perhaps particularly well positioned to address or uh, mend or heal? Well, I think a lot of the brokenness that creates injustice is. Um, kind of rooted in, well, it's rooted in a number of things, but, uh, you know, one of the ways that sort of injustice finds its way into the world is when we create communities that, that exclude, um, when we create communities that demonize others, um, when we disparage the fact that each person is uh, made in the image of God and, and therefore has something of God to show the world. And when we forget that, um, that we're all sort of part of, uh, part of this original intention of God, that we would live together with God. And as all that starts to break down, then we have all the different forms of injustice take shape. And so that, that is a, a fairly broad answer, but I mm. think that the church can become the kind of community that starts to uh, put together what sin and brokenness has unraveled in terms of God's original intent. And I think we can do that particularly because our goal is to be, be a particular kind of community in the world. And that, that I think is unique to, to the church. We're called to be a people, but a particular kind of people who live a particular way. And, and I think that, that it's that kind of community where people can encounter uh, restoration and renewal in a way that, that maybe you can't in other places. That's great. I'd like to come back to that. Uh, you're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Terry Liu of the law firm of Mock and Baker. If you missed part of the show or want to hear other Lawyers for Jesus interviews, visit mockbaker.com. You can also subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for legal updates with a biblical perspective. Today, we have been speaking with Adam Gustine, author of Becoming a Just Church, Cultivating Communities of God's Shalom, about uh, the type of community the church can be uh, in the midst of, of various brokenness that we encounter in the world. Uh, so, Adam, before the break, um, you were talking about um, how our communities, our church communities, should, should have a certain character to them. Um, in your mind, what sort of character uh, should that be? What what kind of what kinds of characteristics are perhaps missing? You know, where can we look to to have a better sense of um, what types of communities we should be? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, that's a, a there's many ways you could start to answer that question. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'll try to um, explain what I mean in a, in a more particular 
way. Um, when I when I think about, um, I'll give you an example. The way that fear operates in the world is that when we fear something, uh, very often it leads to us fearing someone or a group of some ones. And that hmm. creates kind of a, a, a chasm uh, between us and them, the other. Those are people that we are afraid of. And, and it's really driven by kind of fear. Um, the, the, um, the sort of Greek way of talking about fear, it's not, a, not an unusual term, is uh, xenophobia. Xenos meaning stranger, phobia meaning fear. We fear that one that we do not know. Well, what's interesting to me when I read the scriptures, uh, particularly like the New Testament, when it commands the church to be people who practice hospitality, well, we might think of hospitality as having someone over for a meal, and it might include that. But the word hospitality is actually xenophilia, which is love of the stranger, love of the other. Um, and I think, well, there's a really concrete Christian practice that mm. if Christians took seriously, we could say it's, it's, it is having people over for dinner, but it's for the purpose of being a community where we remove the fear that keeps us apart. And we mm. become a kind of community that's, that's uh, marked by love and welcome of those we might be trained in other social spheres to be afraid of. If that makes sense, I think that's an example of how that could work itself out in a local church. Yeah, yeah, this that makes sense to me. That this concept of welcoming and, and being a people that extends hospitality—it's um, certainly something that we are we are kind of struggling or grappling with at our church. Um, there is a, a man who lives near our church that I encountered a couple times on the sidewalk who lives in transitional housing nearby. And, um, you know, I would invite him to church and, you know, he would never come. And then one time when I ran to him, I, you know, I asked him if he wanted to come and he said, yes, he wanted to come, but he was worried that if he came, uh, he would not feel welcome or that people would be uncomfortable by his, uh, because of his presence. And so he asked me very simply, you know, are you willing to come pick me up every Sunday morning before church and walk with me and walk in with me? And, you know, I was able to do that a couple of times. It seemed like such a simple thing, but because of that, he's been able to meet people at my church and, and, um, have some of those barriers he was experiencing lowered. And now he walks over by himself and, and he's becoming integrated into our community. And, you know, so that's been something that's definitely on, on my heart and on my mind. Yep, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Hmm. This seems like such a sort of a big topic. Um, you know, is it common for church communities to feel inadequate in confronting um, these ways in which injustice work out in our communities? I think it's very common. The, um, the question of justice is so overwhelming. Uh, the number of ways that we see brokenness in our world you know, flashed across our news screens and just driving from one part of town to the other, it can seem very overwhelming. It's, it's our job as the church to undo this injustice. Um, I think it can seem very overwhelming. And the thing that I always try to do is to say that injustice can't be universally dealt with and that actually the work of seeking justice begins with loving our neighbor and loving our neighbor who's been pushed to the margin, like that man that you just described. Um, and to that. That's where we start. Coming up, we will talk further with Adam Gustine, author of Becoming a Just Church, Cultivating Communities of God's Shalom, about how to implement God's intention 
for justice in our society. I'm Terry Liu, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Hi, this is Pastor McCracken, pastor of the Church of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Markham, Illinois. For the last four years, our church has been struggling to overcome the city's efforts to shut us down. In the midst of all of our legal issues, we felt overwhelmed and discouraged. All we wanted to do was worship the Lord and serve our community. We needed a law firm that not only had the knowledge of the law, but the same commitment of the kingdom of God. The Lord connected us with the law firm of Malcolm Baker. The attorneys at Malcolm Baker have not only provided us with exceptional legal representation and counsel, but have also provided us with the added gift of lawyers who pray with us and seek the guidance of the Lord at every step. After working with Malcolm Baker, we can't imagine working with anyone else. If your church or ministry has any legal needs, please call us, 312-726-1243, or look us up online at maukbaker.com. Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Terry Liu, an attorney at Mock & Baker, a law firm based in Chicago, which serves churches, ministries, businesses, and individuals with their legal needs. If you missed the first part of this show and want to listen online, go to mockbaker.com forward slash radio. Today, we've been speaking with Adam Gustine, author of Becoming a Just Church, Cultivating Communities of God's Shalom, about the role the local church can play in, in dealing with the brokenness that, that is in so many of our communities. Uh, Adam, so before the break, you were talking, I mean, we were both talking about how big of a topic uh, justice is um, and, and how, how many different ways uh, the church can be involved in, in attempting to bring justice to broken situations. Um, it might be helpful if you could give perhaps some examples of how you've currently seen God's people transforming uh, their communities with biblical justice. Yeah. Well, um, one person that's, uh, you know, comes to mind is, is my friend Jonathan, who's a pastor there in Chicago, where you are, and um, is, is in a neighborhood that's characterized widely as being a, a neighborhood of violence, a neighborhood of, of lack. Now, it's, it's a neighborhood where you describe what isn't there more than what is there. Um, and so because of that is, is plagued by often the things that that accompany um, that kind of a community. So there's a lot of violence and, and crime that tends to be the narrative that people uh, think of when they come to that sort of place. And so I, mm. I think about him because I think he's a good model for the process. So the, the, the idea of putting God's intentions on display, as I said, is, is I guess put more simply is what to ask the question, what does it mean to be the church uh, in a neighborhood experiencing injustice? Uh, in these kinds of ways. And uh, so because of that, then um, they, they did this sort of multiple pronged approach. And I think that that part of what they do is, is help people consider the narratives that sort of shape it. And we talked about fear of the other being something that perpetuates injustice. Well, if the narrative about a place is all bad, well, that's, that's obviously not a, not fully true that um, Hmm. anytime you have people in a place, you have a place full of the image of God uh, walking around. And so you can't characterize a place as only bad because that's fundamentally untrue. And so how do we begin to see and celebrate people who may be dealing with some really intense stuff, um, but who are worthy of being seen and celebrated the same way God sees and celebrates them? 
And so there's a lot of uh, narrative shift that I think has to happen, and the church, I think, can play a really big role in that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think about another campaign, and I I used to live in Chicago, and there was a a rash of um, violence directed at some, uh, some immigrant families in the community, and uh, there was a group that sort of came together and said, you know what, that's not the kind of neighborhood that we want to have. We want to have a place where people feel safe no matter where they're from. And so they, they kind of had this hate has no home here campaign, and it's, it's, it's gathered a lot of traction. Well, I, I think, you know, that's kind of the role of the church, too, is to be able to say when we see that happen in the community, um, what does it mean to stand up and say that that actually – what God intends for this place is much more than this kind of violent rhetoric, violent action. Um, I used to be a pastor in New York City, and that was our, uh, it was a first and second generation immigrant neighborhood, and there was a lot of um, violence and, and hatred that kind of went between the groups, as well as from outside of our neighborhood sort of coming in. And our, our com, com, sort of commitment was that we wanted to be able to, to be different than that. Um, to be able to help people sense that this was a place that they could trust, that they could raise their family, that there were people who cared about them. And so a lot of the work that we did was about building trust with people who didn't trust others because of the sort of hate that had been directed their way. So Mm. that's a lot of kind of, a lot of general examples, but I think that that question of what does it mean to put the love of God on display for people who might be experiencing something very different than that. um, That's where the church needs to start. It's uh, discerning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, how would you recommend a church um, engage in that work of of discerning? Would it be helpful for a church to, to have conversations with neighbors? Would it be helpful to just sort of pick something and then just sort of focus on that? Yeah. Is there a particular well, approach that you would recommend? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the, the approach that I, I guess I'd recommend is that um, that it always arises. Uh, our, our agenda, in this sense, our agenda arises out of the lived experience of our neighbors, particularly our neighbors who have experienced the worst of what the world has to offer. Um, and so, yeah, I think it does arise out of conversations, but very particular ones the people who get left out and pushed out and ignored and, and, uh, and demonized listening to their stories and listening for pain points and listening for the intersection because the point of is to be the people of God with full integrity. Um, but, but we will find ways to demonstrate the love of God in a way that tangibly speaks to those kinds of issues. If we're listening well, I think we can get ourselves in trouble if we try to decide on our own, what our community needs. Um, and how we would address injustice. I think there's a much more collaborative, human-centered approach mm. that begins with conversation and listening. Mm. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus. I'm Terry Liu of the law firm Mock & Baker, and we're talking to Adam Gustine, author of Becoming a Just Church, Cultivating Communities of God's Shalom, about how uh, the church can can begin this conversation or begin listening um, to better understand and discern uh, how to be a community of God shalom in, in local neighborhoods. Um, so Adam, uh, when we talk about this concept of justice, um, you know, I think we can often 
it can often uh, contain political overtones and the idea of mm -hmm. justice being perhaps um, enmeshed with, you know, uh, the platform of a particular political party um, or certain, yeah. um, you know, values that people hold especially dear. Uh, do you have a recommendation one way or another on whether churches should refrain from getting political in their pursuit of justice? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's a, that's a big, big question. In some ways, it's almost impossible to avoid getting political because anytime you get a group of people together, <laughs> you're sort of moving into that uh, frame. But I don't think, um, I think the, the, the point, though, is that I don't think God is necessarily um, partisan in a sense of saying that one party or the other has the corner on God's agenda. And so being the church will always leave us in kind of a liminal third space. It's, it's hard to align with any particular party and feel like we're being faithful fully uh, to the things that we read about in scripture. Um, and I, so I, but I, but I think that actually is kind of the point um, because one of the main metaphors for the church in the new Testament is uh, a community of exiles, a community of people who live in one place, like they're citizens of another place. And um, I think that that's part of our sort of political imagination, as it were, uh, to say that when Jesus comes and says, I'm inaugurating the kingdom of God and, and you can be a part of it, that that is now the primary lens through which we view all of our activities. So it's hard not to engage the political process, but I don't think um, it happens usually in the ways that we we might that might seem most natural or ways we've gotten used to doing it mm. yeah the the what you're describing it also sounds like you know potentially a very difficult a very potentially lengthy process of of communicating with and and listening to neighbors and understanding the challenges of a particular community and and perhaps understanding how a, a church can be best positioned to address uh, some of those issues. Um, do you have any advice for, for anyone who's potentially giving up hope on their ability as an individual or as a church community <laughs> to, to kind of embrace and lean into this kind yeah. of work? Yeah, I think about that a lot. I have this conversation <laughs> pretty regularly. Because um, there's not a lot of evidence um, in our world that our world is becoming more just. Um, and the idea that we might just become more just because we, we as humans decide it's better than what we've been doing before is, is unlikely. Um, but yes, I think there is hope because the entirety of the question of justice in my mind is rooted in the person and work of Jesus. And mm. a really careful reading of who Jesus is and I guess I just point you to, say, Luke chapter 4, where Jesus reads from Isaiah 61. And then at the very end of our scriptures, reading Revelation, and you hear what Jesus has said, he's brought into full finality, all brokenness done away with, um, that there is this sort of picture of Jesus making everything right and new again. And so it's not my job to make everything right and new again. Jesus is doing that. It's my job to live that ethos out, to, to live like that, and to be a part of a community that strives to give the world an image of the thing God is doing, um, almost like a parable, 
The church is like mm. a parable. We put on display a picture of what God is doing because we have hope that God is doing it. And that's, Amen to that. and that's why you get out of bed every day. Amen. Adam, thanks for speaking with us today. How can people get a hold of your book? Yeah, well, I mean, it's available through uh, my publisher, University at uh, ivpress.com, but it's also available on Amazon and, and lots of different places you get those books. Wonderful. If you have a legal need or a question and want the perspective of a local Christian attorney, contact us at Malkin Baker. You can reach us at 312-726-1243 or at mockbaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com. Visit our website to subscribe to our Religious Liberty newsletter with legal updates or call us and mention Lawyers for Jesus for a free consultation. Thank you for listening. I'm Terry Liu, attorney at Mock and Baker, and this is Lawyers for Jesus. Somebody, yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.